0: Hello, everyone. I'm so glad you can join us today at Empowering Life Ministries podcast. I'm Darrell Barber, and I'll be your host today. Uh, let me share some information with you before we get started in the Word today. Just different ways you could contact us. You can find us on Facebook. You can also find us on our website, empoweringlifeministries.com. Here you can learn more about our ministry. And there you can find some material we have. I do have a book, From Glory to Glory, that's available there if you'd like to get that. Also, if you want to give a donation, you can do that on our website. And if you would, please give us a rating on the podcast. That's going to help us to enlarge our audience of listeners. And we want as many people we can to listen to us. And uh, word of mouth always been the best advertisement you could get. So if you're enjoying this, tell somebody about it so they can... Uh, come in and and join in with us in this study. Uh, We're doing the book of Romans, uh, chapter 1 is where we're at right now. And looking into, uh, we've got two different aspects of the gospel. Today I'm going to try to incorporate this together because we just finished the gospel of the kingdom. And today we're going to work on the gospel of his son. And uh, I want to tie because we've been in verse 1 this whole time, from verse 2 through 6, it's speaking of really the gospel of His Son. So we're going to speak to a lot of things in these uh, verses 2 through 6, talking about the good news of His Son. And uh, let me read that first, and then we'll just kind of go from there and see how this is going to go. In the Amplified Bible, in Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 1 through 6. Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, a special messenger, a personally chosen representative, set apart for preaching the gospel of God, the good news of salvation, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the sacred scriptures, the good news regarding his Son, who as to the flesh, his human nature, was born a descendant of David, to fulfill the covenant promises, and as to his divine nature, according to the Spirit of Holiness, was openly designated to be the Son of God with power in a triumph and miraculous way a triumph, excuse me, and miraculous way, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. It's through him that we have received grace and our apostleship to promote obedience to the faith, and make disciples for his namesake among all the Gentiles. And you also are among those who are called of Jesus Christ to belong to him. So basically the good news of his son tells us the story of God manifesting himself in the flesh and fulfilling the promise to Abraham and to David. But first of all, the promise to Abraham that his seed would bless all the families of the earth. As we look through scripture, uh, you know, I'm reminded of John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who shall believe to him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, that's the good news we hear shared all the time. That's usually the scripture, it's the go-to scripture. Even the football players put it under their eyes uh, so they can advertise Christ uh, while they're on television or whatever. And uh, but that's also uh, excuse me. That's always seems like the go to scripture that they want to use concerning the good news of his son. But you know, there's a lot to this story and what Jesus is doing. I think it gives us a great understanding of the Word of God if we go back into Old Covenant scriptures and see the promises of those. Um, things being fulfilled those those promises being fulfilled to where God spoke these things uh, to Abraham or he spoke these things to David and we start seeing these things and tying them together really what I want to do in this I'm going to do a lot of reading but I'm going to do that because it speaks uh, so much clarity to what we're trying to understand about the good news of his son and in that we're going to see the things that God, uh, brought forth to Abraham that his seed would bless all the families of the earth and maybe get some clarity in that. I'm going to read out of the Amplified Bible. I just like the way it reads in Galatians chapter 3 verses 15 and 16. It says, brothers and sisters, I speak in terms of human relations. Even though a last will and testament is just a human covenant, yet when it has been signed and made legally binding... No one sets it aside or adds to it, modifying it in some way. Now the promises in the covenants were decreed to Abraham and to his seed. God does not say, and to seeds, uh, descendants, heirs, as if if referring to many persons, but as to one and to your seed, who is none other than Christ. You know, all, all the way from the time... Of that promise to Abraham, and if you go back, I think it begins somewhere around Genesis twelve. God had called Ur out of the Chaldees, and he became the father of faith. And God promised him that He was going to make of him a great nation. And and he even spoke and get, He said, "If you can number the stars, He said, you'll be able to number your seed." And and I, you know, and Abraham and his wife Sarah, Sarah was barren and couldn't have children. And I know, you know, I'm thinking this, I'm thinking about it in a carnal way. You know, how a man would even think about something like that, that God would speak to him. I'm sure all the things going over in his mind, it's like, God, don't you realize Sarah can't get pregnant? And they tried forever. And without going into the entire story, uh, you do know that uh, Abraham, through the prompting of his wife Sarah, ended up marrying Hagar and having producing Ishmael. And it just created a terrible, terrible mess. And because it was not the promised seed, his his promise was going to come through Sarah, his wife. And uh, But how many of you know God is able to fulfill what he says he can do? So he waited to the point to where they were so old and it was an impossibility for them to think they did it on their own that God caused a 90-year-old woman to get pregnant with a child and a 100-year-old man to impregnate that woman so he could bring this (laughs) promise, amen, uh, bring it to pass. And we know in that Isaac was the son of promise, and he came forth. But it was a picture of the seed of Jesus Christ that was going to come through the seed of Jesus. And picking up uh, in the Amplified Bible, in Galatians chapter 3, It says in verse 19 through 29, it says, Why then the law? What was its purpose? It was added after the promise to Abraham to reveal to people their guilt because of transgressions, that is, to make people conscious of the sinfulness of sin. And the law was ordained through angels and delivered to Israel by the hand of a mediator, Moses, the mediator between God and Israel, to be in effect here we go again, until the seed would come to whom the promise had been made. Now the mediator or go-between in a transaction is not needed for just one party, whereas God is only one and was the only one giving the promise to Abraham. And let me interject something here before I read the rest of that, because I want to remind you what we talked about the grant covenant. You remember, God's the only one giving that promise to Abraham. This promise wasn't Up to him, he didn't have any part of this taking place. Uh, He was known as the father of faith because he obeyed God, but God, God was the surety of this covenant in getting Jesus the seed of Abraham into this earth. But it goes on to say, but the law was a contract between two, God and Israel. Its validity depended on both. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not, for if a system of law had been given which could impart life, then righteousness, right standing with God, would actually have been based on law. But the Scripture has imprisoned everyone, everything, the entire world, under sin, so that the inheritance, the blessing of salvation, which was promised through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe in Him and acknowledge Him as God's precious Son. Now, before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, perpetually imprisoned in preparation for the faith that was destined to be revealed, with the result that the law has become our tutor and our disciplinarian to guide us to Christ, so that we may be justified, that is, declared free of the guilt of sin and its penalty, and placed in right standing with God. How? By faith. But now that faith has come, we're no longer under the control and authority of a tutor and disciplinarian. For you who are born again have been reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, and are all children of God, set apart for his purpose with full rights and privileges through faith in Christ Jesus." For all of you who were baptized into Christ, into a spiritual union with the Christ, the anointed, have clothed yourself with Christ. That is, you have taken on his characteristics. Here we are speaking of character again. And values. There is no distinction in regard to salvation, neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you who believe... Are all one in Christ Jesus. No one can claim a spiritual superiority. And if you belong to Christ, if you are in Him, then you're Abraham's descendants and spiritual heirs according to God's promise. You know what? We couldn't get to God, so He came to us. And His heart has always been to be in fellowship with us. He walked in the garden with His first son Adam in the cool of the day, and Jesus came to restore us to have that kind of relationship with the Father. The good news of the Son. We'll continue this on our next podcast. I hope you can join us.